It's, I mean, from the start, like Real Madrid were taking the piss, like like Varane. What was what was going on there? It was just it, it was chaotic, and it and it just seemed as if as if they came into the game with this arrogant attitude. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. It's people's lives are at risk. Ole Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello and welcome to the Football Spin with Nurdin Chowdhury, Ruben Pinder and me, Matt Stanger. Tonight, where else to start but Manchester City versus Real Madrid? A convincing performance from City, but less so from Rafael Varane. What did you make of that, Noz? I mean, from the start, like Real Madrid were taking the piss. Like, like Varane. What was what was going on there? It was just it, it was chaotic, and it and it just seemed as if as if they came into the game with this arrogant attitude, where it was a uh, it was it was as if they had plenty of time. They could relax, and and that that whole sort of it wasn't even just for Rand's mistake. It, it was that period of passing between the goalkeeper and the two defenders either side of him. It just reeked of arrogance. The, 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 the way the way they were sort of almost taunting the the city players who were who who, who were harrying them, and and it, and it was obviously like throughout the game you could see that it was a tactic that City had obviously sort of identified that just just really sort of. Uh, Really get on the backs at the back because 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 obviously they can't cope with any kind of uh, any kind of pressure um, and, and and obviously the second goal uh, was was another example of that but uh, it was just as as good as City are and as comfortable as City, City looked on the ball it wasn't even as if City were that amazing it was just that Real Madrid were really really poor isn't that a reason Ruben why Chelsea weren't too fussed when Thibaut Courtois wanted to move to Real Madrid, but wasn't the fact that like he, he's not brilliant with his feet, he's not great at passing it out from the back, part of the reason why they were sort of, you know, fairly satisfied to let him go and bring in Kepa? Yeah, I mean, I remember Chelsea fans at the time being very content to receive that sort of fee. Um, I can't remember what it was exactly, but it was sort of, they were uh, compensated very well for Courtois when he went there. And he didn't have his best game today. Varane didn't have his best game and it I mean Varane had the worst game I've ever seen him play actually but I found it quite surprising the way Real Madrid approached this game with with no Ramos in defense who is the best ball player um at the back and a, and the leader they they seemed very committed to playing the ball out of the back which got them into a lot of trouble and led to the two goals um and and yeah and as you say Courtois is not the best at that like he's he's not in the same league as Edison with the ball at his feet who is Basically, another outfield player. Um, I found it interesting. I found it interesting that Noz says it's uh, an arrogance thing, which Real Madrid definitely do have an arrogance about them, especially in this tournament, um, because they've won it so many times. They have a kind of this uh, a certain mentality which normally gets them over the line because they think they'll find a way, and they always do. And it might not be pretty. They always look very beatable, but then they always kind of find a way, and maybe that went against them tonight because they they were a bit too comfortable, as Noz says. But I think another factor is both physical and mental fatigue because since um, the restart, they, they I think they won 10 straight games in a row to win La Liga and the mental pressure of overtaking Barcelona by doing that um, has probably 
taken its toll on them because I mean Varane we never see Varane make make those mistakes he dithered for so long on the ball um for the first one and and almost it was almost reminiscent of when Carrius threw the ball to Benzema in that final. He just didn't seem to know that Jesus was coming to get the ball off him either time. For the second goal, he looked over his shoulder, saw Jesus, and still tried to head it back to Courtois, who obviously like didn't get didn't get there in time. So I think it's partly I think they approached the game wrong given their the fatigue in their squad and obviously City was just much better than them. And then those factors combined led to those mistakes. Um so yeah, terrible day in the office for Madrid. I thought I mean, Gabriel Jesus looked absolutely brilliant tonight and it's stark contrast to a lot of the other teams since the restart where, you know, as the games have gone on, they've looked more and more exhausted. Whereas City look like they've got a lot left in the tank here, really fierce, high pressing, really lively, uh, you know, from the front to the back. And you look and you think maybe uh, the stars are aligning for him this season, Nos. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, like, like I said, like as 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 much as as much as I was basically focusing on Real Madrid and uh, and don't think that City were amazing. I suppose what City did really well was just control the game, and I suppose, I suppose one one way in which uh, City's style of play kind of benefits them in situations like this, where there's so many games, is is that they because they have so much of the ball and they and they dominate possession. I suppose they're doing less running about and chasing the ball, whereas perhaps more dynamic teams or like, or, or, or like say for instance, a Liverpool um, in, in sh- having so many games in a short space of time, it could, it could cause fatigue. Whereas perhaps that's part of the reason why City look fresh because um, they, they can sort of like take a breather. They can sort of just control the game. And perhaps the reason why City weren't sort of uh, imperious or amazing in the game is because they really didn't need to be. It was it, 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 all the, all the um, the impetus should have been coming from Real Madrid, and, and and I suppose like this is what this is what I mean about like it felt like arrogance because and maybe maybe it wasn't arrogance, but it's the fact that Real Madrid had no real urgency or or no real reaction, even even like after Varane made each of his mistakes, or even after even after they they sort of went behind, um, there was no urgency to correct that. And you, you usually you'd say that that shows composure, that sort of shows confidence, and that and 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 the fact that they're just going to play their game shows that they've got such confidence in themselves. But they had nothing to back up that confidence, and sometimes you need that nervous energy. Like, uh-huh. I wonder if that was to do with the fact that there's no fans and no atmosphere. Because you look at the other game tonight as well, Juventus Leon, uh, Leon one 0 ahead after the first leg, and Juventus, you know, obviously won on the night, but you know they couldn't overturn the tie out on away goals and, and you kind of feel like for those sides that are left chasing that you know these ties in Europe it must be quite difficult to really click into that proper game mode when you're playing in such a flat atmosphere oh yeah, yeah. Fuck, fucking hell can you can you can you imagine what the game would have been like with Ronaldo scoring those two goals for Juventus what the what the whole atmosphere of the stadium would would have been like oh it would have been electric yeah I, I just wanted to um extend on a point that Noz made about um, City being so much more sort of energetic, um, they have had the luxury, or, or almost of being able to rotate d- during the Premier League games because the title was kind of beyond their reach already. Um, so they do look a lot fresher. And Real Madrid, as I mentioned earlier, have been kind of going all out for the title. So that probably did play a part because City, especially Jesus, as you mentioned, Matt looked brilliant, especially off the ball. 
um, he was kind of deployed on the left for a lot of the game, which was a bit weird. But maybe they had that in mind of if you pre- if if we get him pressing Varane, then that will work, and it did. Um, maybe I'm giving too much credit to Pep there, but um, yes, and and the atmosphere probably probably does help because especially for Real Madrid, this is like their their competition. They have won it so many times in recent years, and without you know they have a, a good away following as well, and without an atmosphere, maybe they lacked that kick up the backside. Um, which City seem to be coping very well without. Um, I wonder why. So, so let's talk about the other game then. Uh, Juventus Leon. Obviously, we, we we were mainly focused on Man City versus Real Madrid in terms of what we were watching. But you you look at that result there, and it do, it doesn't look good for Maurizio Sarri, does it? I mean, I know he's won the title with Juventus, but that's a given pretty much any season out of the last ten, and. He was essentially brought in to try and take Juventus onto that next level in the Champions League, and they've gone out to Lyon, which you know they are a good side, but at the same time, you would not expect Juventus to be falling to them. Yeah, it's it's a strange one because with clubs like Juventus, Bayern, Barcelona, if you win the league, it's it's the bare minimum, which is a bit crazy because winning the league, regardless, is is very impressive, is like a, a massive achievement. As we've seen at Barcelona, you know, Valverde was criticised for not winning the Champions League, but he kept on winning the league. Now he doesn't, and he's he's probably on his way out. And with Sarri at Juve, they brought in a manager who is famously very wedded to a certain system. But before they brought him in, they brought Ronaldo, who is famously not going to chip in with you know a lot of uh, tracking off the ball and that's probably why he's still so explosive at the age of like 35 so buying a player a forward through whom everything has to work around and then hiring a manager who has to try and f- incorporate that into his already very not rigid but kind of dogmatic system was always a little bit contradictory almost I, th- I think that was probably a mistake on on the club's part because they, the manager they had beforehand, Allegri, probably would have been perfect for Ronaldo. He was the master of just you know using what he had and making it work. Um, so yeah, Sarri will probably be gone after this, despite he winning his first ever league title as a manager. Um, but you can't really, or well, I don't know, maybe it maybe it is harsh. Um, but they want to win the Champions League, and and he hasn't done that. And yeah, as you say, going out to Leon, it reminds me of when Madrid went out to Ajax um, last season. It's a uh, Going, you know, losing the final or losing to maybe Bayern and the semis would have been acceptable, but this is is not acceptable. I mean, I mean, from my point of view, I I just I can't figure out what the situation is with with Sarri at Juventus because, to my mind, sort of like even hiring him in the first place was like quite a quite a brave thing for, for Juventus to do because he plays in such a unique way, or or his ideal team plays in such a unique way, and it felt as if maybe. Juventus, after having won the last sort of fucking thirty scudettos in a row, sort of like that, they decided, okay, like like we're gonna we're gonna play with a bit more sort of style, a little bit a little bit more attractive, rather than just being this winning machine. And the thing with the thing with Sari is, it feels as if you need to give him time to sort of implement his plan. Like this, this to Juventus team. Sorry. To sign Jorginho, yeah, exactly. Just to, he, he's like uh, he's like Redknapp and uh, who's, who's, who's that fellow? Yeah, yeah. Except yeah, just just, uh, just a little bit more upmarket. But like it's 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 like you get you need to give him time. This Juventus um, like squad in general doesn't seem that strong compared to Juventus teams and squads of the recent past. 
And so I feel a, a little bit sorry for him, but then I kind of think like, what is his team? Because, because like with Napoli, like he was, it was such an attractive team to watch and, and all this silky passing and sort of really quick movement and sort of like playing through teams. And, and then he went to Chelsea, um, didn't really impress that much, like finished third, won, won, a, won the Europa League against Arsenal. Um, and, but it wasn't sort of, it wasn't particularly impressive. Um, and the football wasn't great. And then he's gone to Juventus and again, he's done just enough. Like, like finishing just a point ahead of, I know, I know Inter Milan were nowhere near the sort of uh, title race in the end, but like it's one of these anomalies that they finish one point behind Juventus. But to, to, to win the league by one point and to only win the league really because Atalanta and, and Lazio fell away, like it's not good. It's, it, it's not impressive. The, the, the football's not impressive. It feels as if like he, in an ideal world, he would play this beautiful brand of football. At a club where there's less pressure, and he and his teams can just express themselves, and he can he can fashion his own team. But at clubs like Chelsea and Juventus, because there's so much pressure, it's almost as if like he he his his tactics sort of like uh, disappear. He plays it massively safe because he perhaps has got a little bit of insecurity about just needing to win, and therefore the actual the actual team plays boring football like. I never enjoyed watching Chelsea under him. I never and, and Juventus have been, have been shy to watch under him, like especially in in comparison to Atalanta, who have been amazing to, to to watch. But like Juventus, it seems like similar to Chelsea that they'll they'll, they'll feel dis, like dis, dislocated, not really playing as a team. But they've got like this star player, or they've got like they've got Dybala or Ronaldo, or or or, or at Chelsea you had. Uh, Hazard, obviously. So I don't know. Like uh, maybe it's just like he was—he's he was a kind of ma- manager that was destined to play amazing football at a slightly lower level team. There's yeah, been quite a few managers like that in Italian football as well, isn't it? Like Zeman's uh, one of the kind of famous ones as well. Um, his Pescara side that got promoted with um, Verratti, wasn't it? In, in Signe a few years mm-hmm. ago, I think it was 2012, and. You know, they, they have quite a lot of these managers. I mean, it's, it's similar to sort of the Bielsa factor, isn't it? Like incredible football, but never really won anything in the career. Um, I find it really interesting that you mentioned about Sarri's perhaps having a, a bit of insecurity because there was this quote that stood out after uh, Juventus won the league where he said, I told the players, if you won with me, who has never won anything, you must be really good. Which sounds like a kind of, you know, fun joke to make after you've you've got your first Scudetto, but then when you've got a Champions League round of sixteen match coming up, uh, it maybe doesn't like instill like the greatest confidence among the squad, does it? What what was the troll? What was the what was the medal that he he was just like he won a medal and he was just adoringly looking at Europa League for Chelsea. He was yeah. just so he was just so happy to finally have some sort of medal, wasn't he? But, but doesn't that, 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 that say a lot as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is why his Napoli team were were so good to watch I think because as you two have mentioned his kind of that insecurity at Napoli there was there was never really any expectation to win the league they pushed Juventus so close and that in itself was like wow this guy's great and and they were so good to watch um and then I almost feel sorry for him because he's he he was a banker in his 40s wasn't he he like he's he kind of stumbled into elite football management and is now expected to you know, win the Champions League, which he never really built himself up to be, and 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 
we shouldn't look at him as like a failure maybe for not doing it. It's just kind of he accidentally played brilliant football with, not accidentally, but he played brilliant football with Napoli and it's kind of put him onto this level, which he was never really meant to be at. Absolutely. I, I think if you look now at the quarterfinals uh, that are that taking shape, there's only the two ties left on Saturday to go. You wonder whether it's a bit of a changing of the guard this season, which might slip under the radar with the fact that you know coronavirus has sort of thrown everything off kilter. But there's RB Leipzig versus Atletico Madrid, Atalanta, who you mentioned, Noz, against Paris Saint-Germain, City versus Lyon, who obviously have quite a storied history, but in recent years, you know, they've been sort of overtaken by Paris Saint-Germain domestically and, and in Europe haven't really featured so heavily. And then potentially you could have Barcelona going out as well tomorrow. Um, what can you tell us about that, Ruben? You know, they won one with uh, Napoli after the first leg, but it all doesn't seem right there either, does it? No, they're, they're a bit of a shambles. Um, it's basically It's basically all about Messi, but not necessarily in a good way. It's... He, Barcelona have not had a great season. They let the league slip to Real Madrid and it provokes all of these kind of introspective questions about how the club is run, which is obviously badly. There's 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 beef at board level. There was beef earlier on in the season between the board and, and the players and their transfer record in recent years has been terrible. Um, and now Messi is 32, I think. He, he hasn't won the Champions League since 2015 and he, you can't say he doesn't deserve it because um, you know he's he's Lionel Messi so he will be a man possessed trying to win this last Champions League because it's basically his last chance and then then there's a genuine possibility now maybe for the first time ever that he could actually leave the club um but they they're not in they're not in good shape um they, they, I mean Kike Setti and their manager earlier on in the season admitted that they're you know Griezmann who they paid what uh, 120 million euros for from Atletico Madrid doesn't fit the system, which is why he's on the bench. And and then you look back at their, you know, Coutinho, again, not quite replacement for Neymar, not quite replacement for Iniesta, doesn't start, gets loaned out. Dembele, not quite sure where to play him, doesn't really fit the style. And then he gets injured a lot. So it's just so many examples of that have led them to be in this position where it's basically give the ball to Messi, whose legs are, you know, don't have as much energy in them as they used to. And hopefully he'll do something. And, he, you know, he's dug him out of trouble so many times. But if they're relying on him to do that tomorrow or today for listeners and then get them through to the final and win it, then, you know, it's a lot of pressure on Messi. Um, so I, I think I'd back him to beat Napoli just. Um, but then I think they would have, assuming Chelsea don't overcome Bayern, I think they'll have Bayern in the round afterwards and... I can't see them beating Bayern Munich, who are a much more well-rounded, well-oiled machine with a lot more energy in the team as well. So, yeah, it's it's, it's quite sad, really, because for for fans, like I, I think, I think it's sad that Messi hasn't won the Champions League in so long. Uh, a player of his quality deserves um, deserves it, and yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I, I I can see him getting through tomorrow, but not much further. I've, 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 I've this one team that could put the final nail in Barcelona's coffin this season. It probably is Gennaro Gattuso's Napoli. Yeah, they they are um, they're actually not bad. Um, they like you know they drew one one um, against them at the at the San Paolo. They they are almost they are in some ways an embodiment of Gattuso as a player. You know they they're tough. Um, 
but they uh, they kind of embody the best parts of Sarri's Napoli and the best parts of Ancelotti's Napoli, who who were a bit passive. Um, and I, they they will be very tough to beat tomorrow. And yeah, it would. Yeah, they they may well put the final nail in the coffin. Beat Juventus as well in the Coppa Italia final. So did, yeah. game uh, experience this season, it's gone well for them. What do you think, Oz? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like uh, you and I have actually been to Naples, haven't we? Haven't we, Matt? We have. Um, it's a it's 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 like an amazing city, and it's what it's one of those it's one of those cities like a like a Newcastle or like a like a Manchester or a Liverpool that's got a really sort of. Uh, really strong identity and, and and a really strong sort of feeling of like we're we're different from the rest of the country so like from from that point of view like it'll be it'll be fucking amazing if if even if they got to like the semis or the or, or even the final like it would just mean so even even to beat barcelona that would be incredible and like i don't know the, the thing that i'm the thing that that sort of fascinates me now especially with like not having like all the regular teams that you always get every year is for, like after after these second legs, it's just knockout. Like there's no there's no two games, is there? No, so yeah, it's yeah. all based on one game. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that, that I mean, first of all, that makes me think like anyone could beat anyone. But secondly, like it makes me wonder. Like Ruben was talking about Messi. Like perhaps over just one game, you don't need to be the better team because like the whole point of like two legs is like the better team usually wins. But but like if it's just over one game, like like Messi could win a game. Yeah, they won't have a case of what happened at Anfield where they dominate one game and then completely collapse in the next. There will be a completely different dynamic to it and I think that could work in some teams' favours. I think Atletico might might benefit from that as well. So instead of having to park the bus for 180 minutes, they only have to do it for 90 and nick one goal sort of thing. I've got I've got a question. I've got a quick quick question for you talking about Barcelona, Ruben. Is um, like the last uh, episode you were talking about uh, Torres and like... Uh, and like uh, all these, all these um, exciting young talents that come out of Spain. Like, what what's going on with like the Barcelona Academy? Like, like this famous academy that sort of was just a conveyor belt of talent. Like, you you, you talk about Messi getting older and like no one there to help him. Like, is is there not is there no exciting young Barcelona sort of graduates coming through? I, I mean, there is Ricky Puig. I, I'm not sure how to say that name. Matt might correct me. Um, but he's like a he's a tricky sort of midfielder in the mold of you know, Iniesta sort of thing. But I think I think they just had a brilliant um they had a brilliant generation come through at the same time, uh, or more or less the same time. You know, that there was that time back in twenty twelve when they fielded a whole team purely of La, La Masia graduates had like, you know, eat like Montoya and Pedro and Fabregas were all playing. Um but then you had your Busquets, Xavi Iniesta. Um and they and they just haven't had the same quality of players coming through and and it's it's partly, you know, there there probably are good players that have been maybe missed out on that have gone under the radar um and it's also just a bit of bad luck that you won't constantly have that quality coming through from the academy but they have on that note like they have become kind of what they used to criticize Real Madrid for being which is an expensive um assembly of individuals in the in the way that you know Griezmann can't fit into the system and then you've got like all these expensive players on the bench that don't work out um so yeah and and that is part of what has sort of fueled the uh, the internal drama at the club is that they feel that they're straying away from their identity. So yeah, it's not good. Um, I don't really have a, a a solution to that problem or, or a main reason behind it, but um, there, there's a lot of weight on on the shoulders of Ricky Puig, who is very highly rated, but um, 
I can't, it might not help him to sort of be like, oh, finally, we've got a new Xavi, you know, because I think he's still a teenager. I think it shows the, um, sorry, no, I think it shows the sort of standards that we hold Barcelona to, doesn't it? Because, you know, you, you mentioned Ricky Puig there, who played quite a few games in the running, especially. Um, but also, obviously, Ansu Fati, who's looked a real talent. Oh, yeah, of course, great yeah. Through. Um, and, you know, for most clubs, a couple of youngsters like that in and around the first team is a sign of a great production line. But for Barcelona, it's like there needs to be four, five, six to to feel that, you know, they're really making the most out of La Masia and that, you know, the club is sticking true to their sort of values. And then you look at some of the players that they've brought in over the last few years, like you say, Usman Dembele hasn't really kicked on, felt like a panic buy to replace Neymar in some way and show that, you know, they still had strength in the market. Uh, Frankie de Jong probably hasn't quite orchestrated things in the way that he did for Ajax. Uh, and then Arthur's the big one, but the fact that he's leaving already. I, I mean, I, I saw him play in the Champions League at the new camp against Inter Milan last season. And he was absolutely phenomenal that night. And any time I've watched him play on TV for Barcelona, he's, he's always looked brilliant. And it was just a massive shock to me that how are Barcelona letting such a like serious young talent leave and replacing him with Pjanic? Yeah, I, I was going to mention Arthur Mello. Because he, he on, on the occasions that I've seen him play, he kind of looks like the perfect hybrid between Xavi and Iniesta. And he... You know, the fans always want players that suit the Barca style, a Barca style of play, and he is Why he is that. He that? Andy, Andy Tate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that's that's not very Catalonian. Sorry, that's a very um, 2013 meme. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Arthur Mello suits their style of play, and they're they're selling him to replace him with Pjanic, who is well on the decline. And and you know, Frankie De Jong's very early on. Like, hopefully he'll kick on. But yeah, they keep on signing players that like suit their style but then not really embedding them into the team and favoring kind of more pragmatic ones like do you remember Paulinho was at Barcelona for a season plugging the gaps on the right of midfield who was the striker who was the striker with the really sort of like uh, English sounding name Martin Brathwaite that's it he, he was still a, there mm, yeah he is but he's been linked with a move away so he, I mean he joined in shambolic circumstances when Suarez and Dembele were injured and they got an emergency signing so they signed him from Leganes, who weren't allowed to sign a replacement, and then went down. <laughs> he's uh, he's been linked with West Ham, and I think that's a sorry indictment of where your clubs are. If any players are realistic transfer targets for West Ham, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's 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 not good for them. I've got one more question about Napoli towards you, Ruben. Fabian Ruiz heard a lot about him, seen him play a couple of times. Looks like a talent. Did you see much of him at Betis in La Liga? A little bit, yeah. More so at Napoli, actually. He he reminds me of Saul, who plays for Atletico Madrid. Kind of like a left-footed um, central midfielder who likes to drive forward with the ball. And at Napoli, he kind of replaced Marek Hamšík in their midfield, which are big boots to fill. Because Hamšík had been there for a long time. I think he was their record goal scorer over to Maradona. Um, and now I think that's gone to Mertens. But... Um, Fabian Ruiz is very, very important player and he will be key for Napoli against Barca in containing and then counter-attacking because uh, he, he'll be their driving force in midfield. And if uh, Napoli make it through, Noz, are we uh, going to get the flares out in the garden, giant pizzas and uh, what were those delicious dessert things we had? Cannoli, that was it. 
And and and, and they had these these little these little toasts, these little Melba toasts that were delicious. But I've not been able to store them <laughs> since. <laughs> I tr- I tried to get some from Tesco and it just wasn't the same. That was uh, literally the only food in the Airbnb on the night we arrived. We were famished. Funnily enough, today I ordered some canola from a website. I was I was I was searching for somewhere that did it. Some white chocolate canola. Got a lot of confidence in Gattuso. <laughs> if that's your prepare, if that's your preparation for don't, celebrations tomorrow night, <laughs> don't don't get me Ru- don't get me wrong, Ruben. I'm not I'm not gonna chuck him in the bin if Barcelona gets through. <laughs> I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> you'll, you'll switch the tapas. That's how uh, yeah, fair weather fan you are. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, gents. Uh, that was the football spin. I've been Matt Stanger, joined by Nuradeen Chowdhury and Ruben Pinder, and we'll be back soon. You can subscribe on all your favourite podcast platforms and leave us a review. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation tomorrow, bro. It's people's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes, then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus... Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave.